Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Of course, uh, obviously, it's impossible not to speak about it that Rav uh, Chaim Zatzal is no longer with us. I just wanted to share with you what his Seder Halimud was every day, uh, just to inspire us. We are on a path to finish Tafyomi in seven and a half years, and he was on a path to finish everything in one year. Every day, he would learn 11 pages of Zohar, 10 Prakim of Tehillim, 8 Prakim of Tanakh, 10 Simanim with Mishnah Brura, 8 Prakim of Rambam, 10 Simanim of Tur and Shulchan Aruch, 8 Blot of Talmud Bavli, 8 Blot of Talmud Yerushalmi, 8 Prakim of Midrashim, 8 pages, 8 Daf of Kisve Ari, 8 Daf of Kisve Haramchal, and then he would spend the balance of his time writing Chidushe Torah. So I'm not saying that we should do all of this. Halavai Hashem should bless us to do 1% of what Rav did. But maybe we can find another limu that we can finish in eight years with one page a day. One other thing that we can try and grow in, one other uh, seder halimut as a schus for an alias neshama for Rav Chaim Zatzal. On that note, we're going to jump right back into Maseches Yevamos, Dafyud Beis. As mentioned, we are a little bit behind. Um, and um, what we're going to do is learn Yud Beis and Yud Gimel Amid Aleph. And then tomorrow we'll learn Yud Gimel Amid Beis as well as Yud Dalit. I'll do my very best to get there. I hope I'll be able to do it. Uh, either way, we'll catch up certainly over the course of the week. Um, as a, a fair warning, on Shabbos, I have a bris and skoki in the afternoon. We're probably going to do daf earlier in the day. I'm not sure if it will be in the morning, if it'll be about 2.30 mincha. We'll find the time. Anyone who hasn't taken a sheet, uh, just grab one as you sit down, because it'll definitely help to understand the sigas we're learning tonight. So we're about uh, a third, almost halfway down on Yud Beis and and we're going to be learning a couple of important sigas as it relates to Yavamos. Here's the first one. Amar Avlili Bar Mamel, Amar Mar Ukva, Amar Shmuel. So these are early Amorim. Shmuel was a second century Amorim, and he said the following, Saras Mima'enes Asura. Amima Enes is a young, a young girl. She's not yet bas mitzvah, and she's entered into a marriage. The halacha is that she's allowed to be Mima Enes. She is allowed to, in front of Adam, declare that she no longer wants to be married. The marriage dissolves. Poof, no get. Okay. Now, let's say that that Mima Enes is wife number one, but there's another wife who's fully of age. She's 12, 13, 14, however old she is. She's bas mitzvah. She is the tsaras Mima Enes. So the halacha is, says Shmuel, that Tsaras Mima Enes is Asura. Take a look at the pictures that I've uh, drawn for you. For those of you on Zoom, I'll show you right here. You can see at the image on the top as follows. There's a man named Ruvain, and he has a brother named Shimon. Ruvain has two wives. Penina is, is an adult. She's a gedola. And Chana is a Ktana. So she'll be Chana the Ktana for tonight. And Chana the Ktana is, uh, let's say she's 10 years old, whatever it is. The halacha is, is that she's allowed to do miyun. So when, when Ruvain dies, she does miyun to Shimon. And then the question is, can Shimon still marry the tsara of, uh, of Penina? So that is what Shmuel is talking about. And on the top in the yellow, it's a little hard to read here, but it says, tsaras mema'enes asura, that if Hana does miyun to Shimon as wife number one, then Shimon is no longer allowed to do a yibum to Penina the tsara. That is what tsaras mema'enes asura means, in regards to Shmuel. We'll come back to this sheet in just a moment. But that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara continues, Liman, who is it that uh, she is Asura to? If you want to say it's to other brothers, not just Shimon, but maybe there's Levi and Yehuda and like a bunch of other brothers. If you want to say it's to all of them, if she herself, the Ketana is allowed to marry the other brothers of Levi and Yehuda, the ones who are not even on this chart. So then why is that true? Because that once she does Miun to Shimon, she's allowed to marry any of the other brothers who are, who are still available to be married. 
So then, of course, if Chana uh, the Ktana herself is allowed to marry any of the subsequent brothers, not the not the person, not Shimon, because she did me into Shimon, but if she's allowed to marry Levi and Yehuda and Yisachar and Zvulun, then uh, why would there be any problem at all with, uh, with them marrying the Tzara? It must therefore be Ella Lidide. What does it mean, Lidide? So take a look at Rashi. Rashi's five lines down. She is not allowed to marry the, uh, the Yava. Because when there is Miun, what Miun does is it is Me'akir Kiddushin Lemafreya. What it does is it says we were never married even in the first place. And therefore, there isn't uh, that now it's just a question of Ashesach that Ruvain, Ruvain was, was her husband, right? So Ruvain is, is now Ashesach, and that is going to be problematic. <clears throat> so that's what the Gemara says. Why is it that we said that a Mema'enes, that this young girl who does Miun is allowed to marry other brothers, Levi, Yehuda, Yusachar, Zulun, because the law of the Buhumai. So she didn't do any Miun with them. She didn't do anything at all with them. So then we should have argued that Sarah Nami, lo of the We should have said that Sarah is also allowed to marry other people. Why would Shmuel say that Sarah's Mema'enes, why would Pinina in this picture not be able to marry other brothers? After all, she did nothing. So the Gemara answers, Gzerah Mishum Tsaras Bito Mema'enes, one extra word of Bito, and that then requires a whole nother picture. What is the case of Tsaras Bito Mema'enes? So in the first and the first picture that we showed on this page, Chana was really not related to anyone at the time. But now let's look at the second picture on the page. The second picture on the page indicates as follows. There are brothers, Ruvain and Shimon. However, whereas in the first picture that Chana Daktana was not related to the family, here Chana Daktana is actually the daughter of Shimon. Now, Ruvain's allowed to marry his niece, so he marries Chana Daktana and he also marries Penina. And then Ruvain dies. So now Shimon has as his daughter Chana. That's not allowed. That's not happening at all. So Chana does miun to her own father, and Penina is the Tsaras Erva to Chana. And the halacha is that Shimon cannot marry. Penina, because she's at Saras Erva. So that's what the Gemara says, and what the page says in the black on the bottom, is that the reason we're Gozer in a regular case, which is this case on the top, the reason that we're Gozer in a regular case of Tsara Mema'enes was to prevent Shimon from marrying Penina, who's Tsaras Erva, to his daughter. The word daughter got cut off there. Apologies. But that's what the Gemara says here. And the reason why in a classical case of Tsaras Mema'enes, why we're machmir isn't because it needs to be that way, because really there's no erva at all, because Chana the Ketan is not related to Ruven or Shimon, except through that marriage, which was now undone through Miun. We were only concerned about a case where maybe Chana the Ketan was the daughter of Shimon, the niece of Ruven who she married, and therefore the tsara would be a tsaras erva, not a regular tsaras mema enes, but a tsaras erva. Even for your, you can do me as your You could. Right. So then, Mian, how can you do Mian before you're married to Shima? What do you mean? You only do Mian after you're done with it. After you're, uh, she does Mian after Ruvain dies. <laughs> right, but I'm saying that how could you do, she's not married yet to Shima. Why would you do She's undoing whatever Yibum would be there. The Mian effectively undoes everything and brings her back to status. To, to... Before he does Yibum. Correct. It's in place of Yibum. Correct. Yeah. The Gemara is going to kind of talk about what you're asking about in a, in a couple of minutes. Uh, not exactly, but, but close. So that's what the Gemara says, is that we had a Gzeira, we're halfway down on Yud Bezim and Aleph, of Gzeira Mishum Tsaras Bita Mema Enes, 
we were concerned that in a case where the Mima Enes of Chana the Ketana was in fact an erva to Shimon, and therefore Shimon couldn't marry, obviously, his daughter, and also cannot marry Penina because she's Saras erva, we were so concerned about someone making a mistake with a regular case of Chana the Ketana not being an erva, that we forbade the marrying of the Tzara, even in a case when Chana was not related to the family. So Penina is automatically a status of Hauser once this relationship happens. Correct. She's Tsaras no Erva. It's never, no, no fault of her own, just the Mitzvah. This relationship happened, what do you mean? The when she falls to Zika, one's up. No, no, he's, he's just saying that when the fact that Shimon happens to be the father of Chana, which inherently makes her an Erva to Shimon in a case of Yibu, so it's of no fault of Penina. She just happened to be one of the wives of Ruvain, who happened to have a wife that was an erva to his brother. So in the in the in, what? how can this person be an erva when there is no relation? Because if you're the tsara of an erva, then there's no yibum. So Penina is a tsara of Chana, and Chana yeah, is the daughter. From all the way on the Mishnah yes, 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 exactly right. That's all exactly right. right. So it says the Gemara. Wait one second. Is it really problematic for Penina, even in the case of Erva, even when Chana the Ketana is the daughter of Shimon, even in that case, would we still say that the Tsar is not allowed to, to get married? After all, our very Mishnah, what does our Mishnah say on Daf Beis, going all the way back, like Michael was saying, the Kulan in all cases, Imeso, Omianu, and there's supposed to be another word, Oniskarshu, Tsarosehen, Mutaros. So what's our case? Our case is a case of Miun. And our Mishnah says that all, coal, all of the cases of Miun, there's no problem with the Tzara. So how can you have a Gzera Derabhanan? That in a regular case where there's no Erva by Miun, we say it's not allowed because of the concern of if only Chana the Ktana was the daughter of Shimon when Shitaka is an Erva, even that should be Mutter based on our Mishnah. Even when Chana is the daughter of Shimon, the niece of Ruvain, Ruvain dies now, the wife number one to, to Shimon and Yibum should be his daughter, Pasha, that's Aser. So then tsar, even the Tsar should be Mutter according to our Mishnah. It says the Gemara, wait a second. This was a little bit to what, uh, what Zay was saying earlier. Where was the Miun that took place? If she did Miun to her husband before he died, well, what's that called? Hainu Grusha. That is called Grusha. And our Mishnah actually has that as one of the cases. Look one line up the little Aleph there. That is a quote from our Mishnah, O, o Niskarshu. So that means that Miun and Niskarshu are the same thing, which of course doesn't make sense. The Mishnah wouldn't say both. And therefore it can't be that the Miun of our, of our Mishnah is talking about a Grusha. Ella, love, it must be, Zayv, that it was Biyavam, that the Miun was done to Shimon. The Miun was done to the, to the looming Yavam. And, Yavam. and what does that seem to say? It seems to be that, it, that this Mishnah includes our case to say that the Tsara should be Muteras even in the case of erva, even if Penina is an Aishas erva, if she's a, a Tsaras erva, it should still be mutter, says the Gemara. Nope, you're not right. Lo, why not? Because Le'olam really, what's going on in our Mishnah, the mune of our Mishnah is also Le'olam Bebaal. It really is talking about her having done Miun to, to Ruvain before he died, the Tregavne Gerushin. And there are two different types of Gerushin, two different types of divorce. One, we'll call it classical divorce, 
regular couple, a get is issued, v'chule. In this case, there's a different kind of divorce, and it's a divorce called miyun. And miyun is not a regular divorce, bishtar, it's only done be'edus, but nevertheless, there's two types of, uh, of, uh, of uh, gerushim. Says the Gemara, Why is it that when she's when she's mima'enes bebal, let's say before Ruvain died, she brings Adam and says, "I no longer want to be married to this guy." Why does that work? Because as I mentioned earlier, this is called being ma'akir kedushin lemafreya. It's as if the marriage never happened. So says the Gemara. If that's true, if it's true, then there should really be no problem with the tzara because it's as if Chana was never married in the first place to Ruve. And then she's not a tzara's heir. She's nothing. She's a zero. If Miyun is retroactive undoing of the marriage, then how can you have a case of tzara's even Saras bito mema'enes, even a severe case where there's erva involved? There's no erva involved. There's no erva. Ruvain was never married to Chana with this halachic mechanics of how Miyun works. It, it, it rolls back the clock and says, you got married six, but there's nothing, there's nothing there. So the Gemara is bothered if the whole reason, if the whole mechanism of, of Miyun is that it says, today I'm announcing a divorce, Lima Freya, back to the wedding date five years ago, then it's as if Ruve never married Chana, which means that Shimon's daughter is not an ervat in because the marriage never happened, then the tzara should be totally fine. That's the Gemara's question. Brilliant question. <laughs> Says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down, Mishum, the reason why we're concerned is because of a comment of Detani Rami Bar Yechezkel. What did Rami Bar Yechezkel teach us? Detani Rami Bar Yechezkel, if a woman does mean to her husband, she can even marry <laughs> the father of her husband. <laughs> so that means, let's say, Ruvain, uh, Ruvain marries Chana. She's a Ketana. Chana does miyun to Ruvain, and then Chana says, I want to marry Ruvain's father, Yaakov. Mutter. But that's only with the miyun of the, of the husband. What happens if there's miyun to a yavam? There, Rami Bar Yecheskel says different. There, but yavam, asura le'aviv. If she does miyun to Shimon, she cannot then marry Shimon's father. Why not? Alma, what do we see from the comment of Rami Bar Yecheskel? We see that Mishas Nefila nires kekalaso. Something happens with Yibum, that the second there's a Zikas Yibum between Shimon, Ruvain died, between Shimon and Chana, it's as if the Surah of a father-in-law now exists. Yibum, the Zikas Yibum is stronger than the resulting retroactive undoing of a regular marriage of a husband and a wife. But when this, when Miun happens with a Yavam, it, there's still something, there's still a, a, a skeleton of what, what could have been a relationship, and therefore we don't allow it. And Hachanami here in our case too, Mishas Nefila, nearest Ketzaras Bito, and therefore in our case, we do say still that Tzaras Bito is Asura, like the Shita that we started with today of Shmuel. End of Sugya number one for today. Sugi number two. It's like when guys, you can't, can't like retroactively do it like that. When, the, when, when Yibum, when she's, the language is no fellas, when she is no fellas to Yibum, Yibum happens. The, the Metsias of Yibum happens. Yibum doesn't happen. <laughs> the, the need for Yibum or Chalitza happens without anyone's, Ruven died. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just what it is. The second that happens, even if she's Mima Enes, 
but you can't undo that that skeletal frame of yibum, and therefore, even if she's mm-hmm. mima'enes to the yavam, she's not allowed to marry the father. First of all, they have the same father. Correct, but so, so, so she's doing second right? But the, but 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 when it comes to a regular husband, so what? When it comes to a regular husband, no, she was no, she was not Mamayan Ruben, she was Mamayan Shimon. Until she does me, right? But if she doesn't do me, she's doing me, doesn't matter. It's retroactive undoing of the first marriage. Right. Yeah. It's still retroactively undoing the first marriage. <laughs> he's, he died. It, the point is that we're we're turning back the clocks. It's as if nothing ever happened. But even so, we need Rishonim on this because th- right. there's there's a uh, there's and like I a. Say, I wanted to say like the idea is that once he's dead, the marriage already ended one way. You can't do me and on him anymore. It's it's not on Ruvay. So I would have argued, I would have argued that with if Ruvain died and he didn't have a brother, if Ruvain died, that is the case, Taka. If, Ru, if Ruvain dies, she can marry his father. No Yibu, regular case. Well, that's what uh, and did. If Ruvain died, but she did mean no Miyun. If Ruvain just died, their whole marriage was was Kedushin Darabanan, because that's what the Katana, that's always Kedushin Darabanan. So let's say Ruvain, there's only three people in the story. Ruvain is married to Chana the Ktana, and then Ruvain dies. So can Chana marry Ruvain's father? I don't know. I'm just guessing that the answer is yes. But in the case of Yibum, we know for sure what's happening. And that's why I said we need Rishonim to understand how does Miun really work? The Rishonim have to jump in and say, Miun is uh, whatever, it's, uh, however it works. We have to figure, we'd have to spend time on that, which we don't have. But that's Sugya number one, which is about Saras Mima Enes. Sugya number two were uh, five lines, six lines before the wide lines. Amaravasi, what about Saras Islandess? Saras Islandess, she's also Asura. So what's the case? The case is where Shimon is married to Chana. Let's say she's an adult and she's infertile. We don't know yet when he learned of that information. Okay. And then he dies. Oh, I'm sorry. Shimon is Shimon. Uh, sorry, sorry. Blank the case because I don't remember whose name I said. Uh, let's say Ruvain has two wives, Chana and Penina. Okay, and Chana is barren. She's not able to have children. Hysterectomy, and then he dies. Ruvain dies. Shimon it has no yibum at all. Not to the tsara and not to. And we'll see in a moment. Not even to. Not even to the to the barren woman of Chana. Let's see what's going on here. And, and we're talking specifically about Saras Island. It says the Gemara, why is it Asura? Why is it that he cannot marry the, the, uh, the Tzara? Because because the general din of Yibum is based on the Pasuk in Chumash. And the Pasuk in Chumash says, But if she's not able to have children, then how can she bring out a generation to be representative of her husband that died? And therefore, Pratla She's not able to have children. There's no, there's no nefilas yibum. The, the, the mechanics of yibum don't kick in. You need a woman who's capable of having children. Masiv Rav Sheshesh, says, wait one second. I'm going to give you fair warning here, is that the question we're going to ask from this brysa is from a diuk of this brysa that we're going to see in a few lines. But first, let's learn the brysa, then we'll learn the diuk, and then we'll understand our question. Remember, we're trying to say right now that there is that the Tsaras Islandis is Asura. What does the Brysa say? Shlosha Achen, three brothers, Nesu and Shlosha Nasham Nochrios. They marry three random women. Just to be clear, in Yavamos, when we say Nochrios, it doesn't mean Nochrios, like not Jewish. It just means that they're not related to the family. Three regular random women that are not related to the men and they're not related to, the, to each other. They're three random women, right? Different families around the community. Fine. Three brothers, brothers marry three women. 
And one woman's husband died. So let's say Ruvain, Ruvain died and he was married to Chana. And then one of the brothers went over to, to this woman who was, uh, who was now the Yavama. The Asaba Sheni Maimer Umes. Maimer is, uh, Rashi calls this, uh, where did I put this? Uh, Rashi, uh, Rashi calls it Kedushe Yavama. It's not regular Kedushin, it's a Kedushin of, of Yibum, but it's not a full Yibum. It's like a quasi-state of Yibum. So it, he does this, does this quasi-state of Yibum and then he dies. So now she's been Nofeles twice. She was Nofeles from Ruvain to Shimon, then Shimon did this mimer, and Shimon died. She's Nofeles again to Levi. Says the Gemara, All of the wives in this, in this picture, all of them are going to do Chalitza. Why? That if only one of the brothers dies, then they should get married to Yibum. What happened to this in Nebuch's story? Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain's married to Chana. Ruvain dies. Shimon does mimer to Chana. So that was Nefila number one. Shimon dies. Now she's no fellas a second time. Ruvain to Shimon was one. Now Shimon to Levi the second time. Says the Gemara, no. No Yibum there. Not allowed. Because the whole nature of Yibum is that it has to be like the Pasuk says. It has to be umes echad mehem. Not two. And says Rashi, a key Rashi for the lambdas of this sugya, which we don't have time for. Rashi is uh, ten lines from the from the thick lines. Rashi says, Velozu, not this woman, It's not like a regular case where you may have two brothers from one nefilas, one nefilas yibum. It's two nefilas of yibum because Ruvain died, she fell to Shimon. Shimon died, and then for the second time, she fell to Lady. That's not that. Then we don't do even. We only do chalitza in that case. The Ketani Allah, and here's where we get to what we're talking about. Amar of Yosef. This has to be a mistake. Rav Yosef was an Amor in the third century. The Ketani is a Brisa. So sometimes it could mean that he was Tani, but the Mefarshimir changed it to Rav Yosi. Rav Yosi says Zohi Tsaras Eishes Achmeav Sheiser Nefila Garamla. This is a terrible scenario where uh, where of the brothers of one father she fell from one to the next. Shalomatzini bechol Kula Kegonzos. There is no case like this. In all of Torah, says the Gemara, says Rashi, four lines from the bottom. Shalom We have no Mari Makomos here to say that there's any any Yibum in this case, none whatsoever. Rashi continues. We just don't allow the Yibum on a rabbinic level. Back in the Gemara, the Gemara says, let's make a diuk now on Rabbiosi. Rabbiosi said that this strange case of a double nefila from Ruvain to Shimon, and then Shimon to Levi, and that therefore she has to do Chalitza, Zohi, when it says Zohi in Rabbi Yossi's language, that's a language that, that says, teach me some Torah, the Me'ute Mai. What are we excluding from this case? Ah, now we get the hook back into our case. La Me'ute Tzaras Islandish Tesharia. Shouldn't we see from this sugya that maybe the Tzaras Islandish should be Muteres, not like Ravasi said, 10 lines up, right? Not like Ravasi, Kasha and Ravasi, Says Gemara, Lo. No, you totally misunderstood that. It's the Mu'te Tsar's island. It's the Asira. It's to teach me that she's Asira. <laughs> that doesn't work. Says the Gemara, No. Umay Zohi. The language of Zohi is to change, to tell me something different. Zohi, the way that we learned it, taught me about a case of Isra. You should, if Zohi is a, is, a, is a reversal language, teach me something mutter. So my Zohi, Zohi, to Isra nefila garam, rasa, boya chalitza, that a tzara in such a case would need chalitza, but islandess, when it comes to an islandess, afilu chalitza lo boya, she needs nothing because she's totally not shy to the world of Yibu, my timer. Why the distinction? 
between the case of islandess, where she's asura, in other words, where there is no yibum, and to the tzara as well, versus this double nefila case where we're mekel, seemingly, that there's at least some chalitza, says the Gemara, because hadar so hadar the cases are incomparable. They're totally different uh, realms. The case that we're dealing with with an islandess, she's a psul minatora, that she's incapable of having children. She cannot be makayim shem la'achid. So there, therefore, the whole thing is over. The whole thing is done. Asks the Gemara, hang on one second. Let's go back to our Mishnah yet again. Tanan, three lines from the bottom. Yud Beis Merala. V'chula nimeso mi'anu nisgarsho nimsu islandist tzaroseyn mutaros. What did our Mishnah say? That if there's an islandist, the tzaros mutar. The whole time Ravasi's talking, 12 lines up, five lines before the wide lines, what does Ravasi say? Tzaros islandist asura. What about the Mishnah and Duff Beis? If there's an islandist, then what's the din? The Mishnah says, and we're looking at this two lines from the bottom of the page, islandist, Shinimtu Islandis, Sarasen Mutaros. So Ravasi, you have a black on white Mishnah that is not like your din. So the Gemara responds, that's not true. Lokasha. Khan Shehikirba, in one case, he knew when he married her that she was an islandist. Okay, we'll see what the importance of that is in a minute. And Khan Shalohikirba, gorgeous, gorgeous Rashi. Says Rashi, three lines from the bottom. Dubramasko Khan Shihikirba. Ravasi, Ravasi, who said that the Tsaras Islandis is Asura, listen to the Lamdus. He knew the second he met her, he knew she said it in Shiduchim. I'm not able to have children. The wedding is chal. Because he knew, he knew that that was against him. That's why Ravasi says it's a problem because their marriage was really a marriage. He, she was an islandist from day one. She was open about it. She knew she couldn't have kids. So she said, I can't have kids. I want to marry you anyways. Then that's not a mekachtos, that's a real marriage. Then the tzara cannot be married through yibum. However, says, says, uh, says Rashi uh, at the end of that line, umasnis, in our Mishnah where it says that a tzara is allowed to marry, what's that case? When he married her, he didn't know that she was an islandist. The whole marriage is a zero. They were never married in the first place. That's why the tzara is allowed. Because there was no marriage. If you marry someone, Bidas, that she's going to have children and she's not able, fine. It's unfortunate, but that, that's a mekachtos begamre. So the tzara, of course she's allowed to get married. There was no marriage to stop the tzara from getting married. That's why our Mishnah is mekil, because our Mishnah is talking about a case where the guy knew that his wife wasn't able to have children. Fine. That's that, that sorry, yeah, that, that he knew that they weren't able. No, that's the other case. That's Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Asi. Rabbi Asi knew that she was not able to have children. Therefore, there was no Mekachtos. Therefore, the Tsar is not allowed to marry. But our Mishnah says that he did not know. Therefore, the wedding is a zero, Mekachtos. And therefore, there was no marriage. And therefore, the Tsar the is going to be uh, totally allowed to remarry. Beautiful Rashi. So that's what the Gemara says is a distinction. And then the Gemara says a beautiful Raya Ladabar. Dekanami, I can ch- show you that this is right. Because what does our Mishnah say? Dekatani, Shanimtu. He found out that she was. Ah, beautiful. That shows you that in our Mishnah, he didn't know when he got married. He only found out afterwards. Mekachtos, therefore the Tsar is allowed to get married because she's really not a Tsar. She's a regular woman. She only appears to be a Tsar. And it doesn't say, Vloktani Shehayu, that she was. Beautiful, Dekshmamino. Now, halacha lemaisa, how do we paskin? Not like this Gemara. Omar Rava, turning to the top of Daf Yud Beis, Beis, Hilchasa, Tsaras Islandis Muteras. We hold that the Tsar of an Islandis is allowed, Vafilu Hikirba, even if he knew that that was the case, that she was not able to have children, Vafilu Tsaras Bito Islandis, even in a case where the Islandis was his daughter, was Shimon's daughter, 
and he would have, in theory, fallen to her beyubim, which makes her an erva, doesn't matter. We're making a legamri. And why is that the case? Look at the second line of Rashi. Rashi says, in the midst of Dibra Maskal Hilchasa, Rashi says at the end of the line, that was only Bamako Mitzvah Asra. The only time the Torah forbids a tzaras erva is when there's a mitzvah of yibum. The hakeva de island is he, because here we know she cannot have children. Even had she not been an erva, she can't have children. There's no yibum. So then, and therefore there's no problem with the tzara. So the Gemara kind of pulls out the carpet from under Ravasi and says, whoa, hold on one second. She's never shy to that. So when you're a Khan Mahikir Bakan Shlohirkabon in our Mishnah, it's Mutter Ravasi says, no, she's never shy. And therefore it is a mutter for a tsara of an island is to get married. I uh, says the Gemara, wait one second. It's good that you were able to undermine Ravasi, but you also undermined a part of our Mishnah because our Mishnah said too. Oh, that's a problem. Our Mishnah says Shenimtu that he found out afterwards. Says the Gemara, Tani Shehayu. You're right. We should change the gear. So, Yasser Ravin, Amar Rav Yochanan, Achas Tzaras Mimaenes, Tzaras Mimaenes. Rav Yochanan says that whether or not we're talking about the case we started with, with his Tzaras Mimaenes, Achas Tzaras Islandes, the second case we dealt with, Achas Tzaras Machzir Grusha, so which we dealt with a couple of blad ago, Kulan Mutaros, end of sugya. Wow. Okay, this also requires a lot of comment, commentary, which I don't have, don't know. But how did we just undo all of the work that we just did? But that's what the Gemara says, is that in all of these cases, the Tsar is allowed. Next, so yeah, they're all connected though. Tani Rabbi, this is faster than the previous 20 lines, which took up almost all of our time. We have a lot to do. Let's go. Tani Rabbi, Kame de Rav Nachman. Shalosh Nashim Shos There are three women, women who, when they have Tash Hamita, they should use a moch. Um, a mohir is basically a, a cotton, a piece of fabric that is inserted prior to Tash Mishamita to prevent a woman from getting pregnant. Says the Gemara, Ketana, Meuberes, Umenika, a child who is underage, a Meuberes, a woman who's already pregnant, Umenika, a woman who is nursing. Says the Gemara, Kitana, why is it that a Kitana, if she's having Tashma Shemitah, she should use a Moh? Shema Tisaber Veshema Tamuz, a double Shema. First of all, we're concerned she might get pregnant. And if she gets pregnant, we're concerned she might die. Her body might not be able to handle it. Meuberes, if a woman is pregnant, we're concerned that she'll get pregnant again. Says the Gemara, Shema Tasa Ubra Sandal. That maybe if she gets pregnant again, this new uh, embryo that implants will encroach on the space of the initial embryo, and then it'll make it a sandal, which is basically a misformed, a misformed embryo. I looked this up today. This does happen. There are a number of recorded cases of women who uh, had intercourse, and they happen to have had, for whatever reason, another egg drop and fertilized, and they became pregnant. There are uh, almost 10 recorded cases of it. There's a name for it. It's called... Uh, Superfetication, I think is what it's called, something along, along those lines. It's a very rare scenario, um, but it can happen. And uh, apparently they knew about this in the Gemara. So it says the Gemara, we're afraid that if a woman's already pregnant, that she, that she should use birth control of some kind. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not the common science. The statistics on that are, I don't know, whatever. They're so unreasonably low that it, I guess we're not concerned about it today. And Manika, what's the concern about a Manika, about a woman who's nursing? We're afraid that she'll, uh, she'll end up weaning her son too early because if she gets pregnant, then her milk supply could change at that point and it could force her to wean her son. And then he, it's not like today where you can, you can buy... Uh, formula in the store, add a little water and everything is fine, and maybe the baby would die. Let's define some of these terms. 
How would we define Akhtana? Says the Gemara, from her 11th birthday to her 12th birthday. During that time, if she's Meshameshes, she should be Meshameshes Bemok. If she's younger than that or older than that, Meshameshes Kedarka What does that mean if she's younger? If at the age of 11 we're concerned about her getting pregnant and dying, why isn't it true when she's younger? Says Rashi, immediately to our left, she's too young to conceive. She's not ovulating yet, and therefore we don't have to worry about her dying because she's not going to get pregnant. So that's what the Gemara says. Yes, Sarah Alkane, once she's older than 12, we're not worried because we assume that her body can handle it. In both cases, there's no moch. We assume that she will be fine. Because we assume that uh, we, we don't have to assume that terrible things will happen. We assume that she will be fine, even at the age of 12. Asks the Gemara Kasha. Because when we said about Iktana, a double Shema, first, we were concerned that maybe she'd get pregnant. And second, if she got pregnant, that maybe she'd die. It implies that not all Iktanos who get pregnant die. Then there's a possibility that a woman, that a girl who has Tash between her 11th and 12th birthdays, that she could conceive and not die says the Gemara, that poses a huge question. We have a case where a mother-in-law can do miyun. Now, I'll define this in a moment, but let's just hit to the question and then we'll, we'll look at, at the pictures again. Vitznan, what did we say in our Mishnah on Daf Beis? We said that there's no way that a mother-in-law could ever have a case of miyun, and that's not true. For this, we turn to the pictures. On the back of page one, we're going to speak about the case of Matsinu Chamoso Mema Enes. Okay, here's the case. Leah is married to Shimon. Leah is less than 12 years old. She's a katana. She's between her 11th and 12th birthdays. And Shimon dies first. And look at the note below. After Shimon dies, Leah marries Ruvain. Okay, good. Now, there's something else that took place here, is that during the time that uh, Shimon and Leah were married, they had a child named Sarah. Sarah is currently a tinok. The mother's only 11 years old, whatever. By her 12th birthday, she had a baby. So they had a baby whose name was Sarah. Sarah is a tinok. So Shimon died. Uh, oh, I put two Shimons in. Shimon died. The Shimon all the way on the right side. Pick another name. Let's put Levi in there. Sorry about that. Levi marries Sarah. It's a condition it's a, it's a Durabanan, obviously. There's no, she's a Katana. So she's a Tinok. So there's no marriage there. I mean, it's only Durabanan. That's step number two. When she, and that look down in the notes in the green. When Shimon remarries Sarah, it makes Leah his mother-in-law. So it really should say Levi. The Levi, uh, the Shimon all the way on the right side. Sorry, I gave him the same name. That's confusing. So when Leah... When Shimon marries Sarah's daughter, that makes Leah Shimon's mother-in-law. And then if Ruvain dies, then we can have a case of Mew, where Leah can be Mima Enes, and she can undo uh, this Shimon on the right, his marriage to Sarah. Apologize for the confusing name, but that is what is going on here, that the mother-in-law, Leah, can create for Miyun, and that is against our Mishnah. So the Gemara says, what should we do about that? Well, if, if, if well, we should change one of our assumptions. The assumption that we should change is Ema Shema Tis Aber Maybe the Shema is only one Shema. Maybe it's only Shema Tis Aber, but if she conceives, it's definitely Tamus. So the case is not possible for the Leah in this picture to have had Sarah between the ages of 11 and 12. It's not possible. So that this, then the Gemara says, to Amar Rabbah, 
Here are the parameters. Before a girl turns 11, she's not able to conceive. From her 11th birthday up until her 12th, both of them will die. From her 12th birthday and onwards, so that's what the Gemara says, and uh, we therefore might assume that, uh, that our, our case of is not a shaila because there's no such thing as a katana between 11 and 12 who's able to have a baby in the first place. Says the Gemara, Aini, is that true? After all, the Hatani Rabba Bar Shmuel, so here, I didn't know what was going on here until I, 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 was, uh, I looked into this a little bit. We're looking at the last word of this. So here, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, eight lines up. Very gentle duke in the language. Why does it say yaldu instead of gadlo? It therefore means that it is possible for a girl to have a child while she is in her 11th year of life. You're right, it is a double Shema. Shema tis aber v'shema tamus. And what do we do with our question? We had our question about chamosam and ma'enes. So I'm a Rav Safra. Nope, there's something else going on here. Banim harehim kisimanim. If a girl who's 11 years old gives birth, it's already a sign that she's, that she's hit puberty, that she's hit maturity, to the point that we don't have to ask anymore if she's a katana. If she can have a baby, she's not a katana anymore. And then the East Amre, the little bit of a different language, some say that halachically speaking, that normally we look for simanim, we look for shtei sa'aros, we want to know if there's at least some, some pubic hair growing that we could measure her age. So the Gemara says, banim, having a child is way better of an indicator of maturity than, than, uh, than seeing shtei sa'aros. What's the difference between Rav Safra and the East Amri? Rav Safra said that Banim are Simanim, and the East Amri said that Banim are Adifemi Simanim, says the Gemara. That even according to Rav Yehuda, who's of the opinion that Shtei Saros is not enough, we need to be Mar Behashachor, there has to be a lot of hair. That, so then, Babanim Modi says, okay, I, normally Rav Yehuda says there has to be a lot of hair, but if, it, if she has a child, so then. If she has a child, so then the way it would work out is that uh, don't worry about the simanim anymore. Says the Gemara of Zvidamar on the top of Yudgimalamadal. He says, Ain banim below simanim. Quite similar to what we've been learning, that there's no such thing as having children without simanim. And he says it as a halachic assumption. We're not sure that she has it. We just know that if she delivered a child, that she has simanim, that she has that she has at least Shtei Cyrus. Says the Gemara, why do you have to assume? Venivdok, just check and see if she has Shtei Cyrus. If you want to know that she's a Gdola, just check. Says the Gemara, because it's possible that due, due to the stress of pregnancy that some of the hair may have fallen out. And that's just not an indicator. It's, it's just a halachic assumption that if she's able to have a child that uh, she we don't care about Simanim anymore. Says the Gemara, not everybody says we're concerned that the hair might fall, off, fall out. According to the one who says it, we're not concerned about the seir falling out. What would then be the concern? Says the Gemara. Even if a person is going to say that we're not so concerned uh, about hair, we are concerned about hair falling out during childbirth because of the stress on the body. And therefore, we use the halachic assumption that banim is a raya for simanim, even if there is no hair. That brings us to the two dots, Gemara and Aleph, five lines down. And this is a quote from our Mishnah. How do we know that this is true? That what? Look at the fifth line of Rashi. That the Tsaras Tsara. So this is this can happen when you have a whole string of brothers across the family, and a woman gets passed on from husband to husband through Yibum, and one of those husbands already has another wife. 
So if Reuven is married to two women and he dies, Shimon takes those two women with his other wife. His wife is Sarah Sarah. So says the Gemara, how do we know that she's going to be Asura as well or part of Yibum? Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, Litzor, It says Litzor, two reishes. We saw this drasha already. We saw it on Dav Kimmel. And the Gemara says that based on the word Litzor, we know to include other Tsaros Tsara. Vavashi Amar, we don't need a Pasuk and Chumash for this. He says, it's just logical to assume that. Tzara, my time asira. Why is it that we would assume that a tzara is forbidden? Says the Gemara, de erva And tzara, tzara, nami, b'makom erva kaima. It's not much of a difference. It's still uh, someone, is, this woman is still with another one. The, the tzara is with this woman who's an erva. So therefore, it should always be the case, even without the Pasuk. The Gemara does not entertain how they answer each other's questions. How would Rabbi Huda answer for Ravashi uh, and for Ravashi and vice versa? Next two dots. Ketzad imesu. So we had said that there is a scenario where Yibum doesn't fall, where, where Yibum is not nofel, and that is that is if the woman is uh, megareshes before the husband dies, because then Yibum only applies if the husband dies while they're married. So it says the Gemara, about a third, ten lines down, that if there was first marriage and only afterwards was there gerushin, uramini, that's not so simple, says the Gemara, and we're going to look at this last picture in a minute, Gimel Achen, there are three brothers, two of the three brothers are married to sisters. The echad nasui nachris, and one is married to a random woman. Says the Gemara, girish echad mi achayos. One of the brothers who's married to one of the sisters divorces his wife. Umeis hanasui, nachris, and then the man who was married to the random woman, uh, he dies. The kinsa hamegarish umeis, and then. Uh, he marries the woman that was divorced and then he dies. This is a very confusing case. And then what do we see from here? And we'll look up the picture in a second. Says the Gemara, So let's take a minute to understand what's going on. Let's look at, uh, at the last page here. Uh, it's a shorter diagram. And this time I, I put the right names. So it says the Gemara as follows. You have three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. And you have two sisters, Chana and Penina. Ruvain is not married to one of the sisters. Ruvain's married to Malka. Malka is a random woman not related to the Chana Penina family. Shimon married Penina. Levi is married to Chana. So let's follow the, the steps here. Shimon divorces Penina. That's uh, the, the X on the blue line there with the number one. Okay, that was step number one. And then Ruvain died, which means that Shimon and Levi, in theory, they could marry Malka. So that's what the Gemara here says over here, that there, Levi would be able to marry Malka because, uh, yeah. What? What did you say? She, because what happened is that Malka fell the Yibum. Oh, wait, I put steps here. One. Two, yeah. So first was the Gerushin, is that Shimon divorces Penina. Step number two is that Ruvain died. And he was, yes, that's correct. Step number two is that Ruvain died and he was properly married to Malka. At that time, Shimon was still alive. So there's Yibum from Malka to Shimon. And then Shimon dies and this woman should fall the Yibum to Levi, but Levi's already married. So now she's going to be the, the second wife. She's the Tzara. He's allowed to marry 
he's allowed to marry Malka. That's what the Gemara says is the case over here. So it says the Gemara that this case poses a problem because Taima, almost halfway down in Yudyam Laman Aleph, Taima de Giresh ve'acharkach kinis. If you look at the language here, it first says that there was a Gerishin first. First, there was a divorce, and only afterwards did he then marry the new woman. Aval kinis ve'acharkach giresh lo. And if you look back at the two dots, what did we start with? That it was Kines first and then Ulusov Girish. So this case of the three brothers doesn't match up with the opening comments of the Gemara. It should be the other way around, that only if it's Girish Vachar Kach Kines. Tavra. This Gemara is broken. The Gemara says it's very unclear, very hard to understand this Gemara. The one who said, said this didn't say that. These two, these two comments cannot be written by the same author. Hi, Tana. One of the Tanas hold that Savar Misa Mapeles is that Misa is what causes for the Yibum to, uh, to fall. The Hai Tana Savar Nisun Harishonim Mapilin. And some say it's from the first marriage. And that's, it wasn't from the death, it was from the first marriage. This is, a, uh, as you can imagine from the language already, a big discussion in the Rishonim. If you have a few minutes, look at Rashi, Hai Tana. For the next 10 lines in Rashi. Rava disagrees with this. Rava says, I could make these two cases work together with one another. Rava Amar Lo'olam Chatanam. Really, both of these comments are said by the same person. Not only is it true here, but it's even true there. Not only is it true if the Gerishin was first followed by the, by the Knisa, but even if the Knisa was first followed by the Gerishin. Last little sugya for tonight at the two dots, two thirds of the way down. The Chol Sheicholo Lemain, and that's what the Gemara says at the Amdaf Beis and Beis. I'll just read the whole line there because the, it helps to understand what's going on. The Chol Hayicholo Lemain, anyone who was able to do miyun, the Lo Miyana, and did not do miyun, Sarasa Cholatzes Lo Misyabemes. The Mishnah says that the Tzara has to do Chalitza. So it says the Gemara, why don't you just tell her to do miyun right now? Vatemain Hashda Betisyabe. Why does he have to do Chalitza? Tell her to do the miyun right now. Obviously, they don't, they, we don't allow that. Why don't we let her do that right now? Because, says the Gemara, because this, uh, this aligns with Rav Shita, she can only be to a Ma'amar, someone who has Kiddusha Yavama, a Kiddusha that applies only between a Zika and a Yavama, but maybe she can't do the, the Miyun, and that seems to be what our Mishnah implies. Says the Gemara, that's not correct. When we're talking about a second wife to a first wife who's an erva, things are different. The Tani Rami Bar Yecheskel, and this we saw already today, that Miyana Bebal Muteris Aviv, Miyana Beyavam Asura Aviv. And what did we learn from that line? That by Yavam, as mentioned, there's still some skeleton of a relationship, even if she does Miyun. Alma Mishas Nefila, Nires Kekaloso, Hachanami Mishas Nefila, Nires Kitsaras Bito. It seems to be that there is some type of skeleton of a relationship with the Yavama, and therefore the Miyun was not done, not because we hold like Ravoshia. We will stop right here. We'll pick up in your session tomorrow night with the bottom of Yud Gimel Amad Aleph, finishing up Yud Gimel and learning Yud Dalit. Wishing you all a beautiful night.